0: Welcome to season two of Talking with celebrity I'm so excited to kick off this season with a twirler from across the pond over in England, Georgia Langston. Georgia has been twirling for 17 years and is still competing even right now. Uh, and I know that I've seen her personally compete and she's super awesome and such a great representative for the entire country, let's be real. And this past summer, she won the bronze medal at the IBTF World Championships in her home country, which is such a flex. And I know that I'm super excited that you're kicking off season two. I'm sure our listeners are super excited that you're kicking off season two. And we are so happy to have you. Well,
1: I'm so excited to be here. So
0: yeah, thank you for I. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm very excited. I know that Shaylee is super excited. She was texting me about it. So, um, and to the people who don't know, Shaylee is the owner and creator of Only Twirlers. So, she actually texted me. Georgia and I were talking a little bit before I pressed the record button. So, if you're listening from England, know that Shaylee gave me the yes on shipping Only Twirlers merch to you. So, uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, Georgia's doing the Only Twirlers thing. Now, you know, if you're in England, you can order merchandise uh, from England because I, I did ask Shaley's special. So uh, obviously, we're here <laughs> to talk about you. We're here to talk about what you do, what your life looks like over in England in a twirling environment. I know that it's probably very different than maybe what our United States listeners, you know, do in their life. So tell me, how did you get into twirling? What what was your start in in twirling? Okay, so... It's a bit of a long story, (laughs)
1: Um, but my mum had a team um, for many years before I started twirling, so she never wanted me to twirl because she was like, that's 18 more years in sports centres, like it's not happening. And she ran a team with her best friend, and I used to be just like amazed at how they could twirl, and I begged and begged and begged, and one day my mum's best friend was like, you have to let her start twirling, it's not fair. So at four years old, that was it it, from then it just carried on.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I feel like that's how most people get their start. Um, I know I started basically the same way. My mom didn't want me to throw either. And she- yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I, I get it. I, I- Unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, I I get what you're saying. So uh, tell me a little bit about what your career currently looks like and what what your plan is for the future. I know that you and I talked before a little bit about uh, continuing to compete, potentially uh, trying for the next world championships, um, and maybe if you're going to Sweden this summer or trying to qualify. uh, what, What does your career look like right now?
1: So currently I'm training for the European Championships Um, in April this year which is really exciting Um, so I think it's March actually so March or April but um, eight weeks to go which is terrifying but training is going really well at the moment so hopefully it continues to go that way but after that I'm looking at next year's Europeans and Worlds next year so that's exciting and then after my career eventually ends I, I don't know when that's going to be. Hopefully not anytime soon. Um, I'm really hoping to get into judging and coaching. So that would be great if I can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely sounds like you are you were in like crunch time or really, really hard practice time with eight weeks to go to the European Championships. And I know that... Uh, I look forward to watching the European Championships uh, because we don't really have anything like that over here in the States. So I'm I'm excited to watch you compete. And if you're listening to this and you're not from England or you're not from Europe, uh, make sure you check out the European Championships when it's live streamed to watch Georgia uh, absolutely slay. So I hope everybody... <laughs> watches her uh so obviously you know you've been to the world championships uh plenty of times i know i saw you in holland uh in 2022 um and i know i watched you in england it is uh, an experience that's unlike any other i know i can say that and to our listeners who have never seen or, or heard or been to a world championships or, or watched watching on a live stream it really is something that is makes your it's the epitome of twirling and it makes your whole twirling career worth it so i can say that i've had the opportunity to travel to a lot of different places uh throughout the globe but i have personally never experienced a world championship in my home country which would be kind of awesome i'm not gonna lie like i feel like that is like (laughs) <laughs> like it's cool to uh, go to other places but to also be in the u.s where a lot of people a lot of your friends a lot of your teammates can come and watch you tell me what that was like obviously the last world championships if you don't know is held in liverpool england um super fun experience i recommend going <laughs> if you've never been um tell me what that was like to host a world championship and what that looked like qualifying and what that looked like as a as an athlete uh from your perspective
1: yeah. So going to any world championships is obviously like such an incredible honor, but even from selecting for Liverpool was an insane experience because we had selections joint. So as UTE England, we had selections for Liverpool together. So that was an incredible atmosphere, like a history making event was just insane. And then I knew how much work everybody put into to put the whole like nation's cup and world championships on which was insane. So everyone that's quit and come back to watch was just incredible to see them. And competing in finals and walking onto the floor was just insane. Like hearing everybody that I've ever really seen twelve like in the audience in my home country for the first ever IBTF World Championships was just such an honor. So it was an incredible experience.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I can't even imagine like what that would be like. And you're right, it really, it was It was history in the making. I know that England put on a fabulous world championships. Um, There were so many awesome things that I know I've gotten to, I got to experience while I was there and it was, it was really unlike anything that I've ever done before. So definitely awesome. And that, that seems like such a cool thing that you got to kind of live out. So, you know, we talked about how you're currently competing uh, and you're preparing in eight weeks to go to the European championships. Tell me what's your favorite routine right now what if so if you have multiple what are they
1: so my favorite routine to compete is solo but my favorite routine to train is definitely two bad but at the moment in the lead up to europeans um my favorite routine to train and compete has been freestyle because we don't really get to do that between like european championships and nationals like there's a big gap where it's kind of like we don't compete it we don't really train on one um until like september for october nationals so it's really great to just like have something different to like spice up training which is really fun
0: yeah that's awesome i know that uh it definitely routines can vary like i did not like strut that was just my least favorite oh same here <laughs> yeah okay so it's 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 we we match energy it's definitely i did not like strut but i loved Two Baton was probably my favorite event um, for multiple multiple reasons, but uh, literally multiple. Uh, um, but <laughs> I, I definitely, I feel what you're saying. And it's cool that you get to do a freestyle, you know, and you get to, I feel like freestyle really shows off your personality and it really shows off kind of like the twirly that you are that people don't get to see when you're doing a solo. Uh, usually when you're doing a solo, you're just smiling and you're like looking at them thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to be doing this right now. Um, where freestyle is kind of like your personality, you get to have fun. So uh, I know I'm looking forward to watching you. And I'm sure so many of the listeners are looking forward to watching you, too. So tell me, I know I'm curious to see maybe what a competition day looks like for you over in England. And I'm sure the listeners are probably just as curious as I am. So competitions here start at like 7 in the morning. They go sometimes till like 12 a.m. depending on where you're at, what you're doing. What do competitions look like for, for you in England and for the twirlers that compete over there?
1: Okay, so our competitions definitely don't start or finish at that time. Um, The competition circuit in the UK is definitely a lot smaller than in the States. So our competitions normally start at 8.30am, 9am. And then we do all of our routines in one day, normally, and finish at like 7pm. Like awards are finished and everything. So yeah, I I don't think I could deal with that long of a competition day.
0: That's awesome. So obviously, you just said twirling is kind of a small, a small sport in England Um, is would you say twirling is like a recreational thing there or more of a competitive thing? Or is it really both? Um,
1: I would say it's, I would definitely say it's
0: more so both. So I think it
1: depends on your level. And also, I think it depends on what your personal goal is in the UK. So obviously, my team's very competitive. But I know some teams just go for the recreational aspect, you know, friendships, stuff like that. But I think it just kind of dispends. (laughs) I think it kind of just depends on your own personal goals and twirling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know that I currently teach for some like recreational groups and some competitive groups. um, But it's definitely a very niche sport in general. I don't think a lot of people are are, are going out and are picking up a, a baton unless they know someone or they offer it at their dance studio or local rec centers. So um, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that it's definitely both. It's both ends of the spectrum because some people who twirl, um, sometimes just have small goals and I think those goals are great too. So I, I definitely think that just picking up a baton, picking up a baton in general is, is important. And no matter where you go with that baton, whether that's on a world level or just simply marching in a parade or performing for your parents when nobody's watching, um, those are important things. So I'm glad that that's something that is a universal thing. It's not just, uh, you know, I just show my mom my solo and she yells at me, <laughs> um, but... <laughs> But so obviously you compete, um, you're pretty globally known, I feel like. And I know that one really cool opportunity that you had that I got to see all over social media was that you were an MFA ambassador. So tell me a little bit about how you became an MFA ambassador and what that looked like. I know that I love her costumes. I'm sure everybody listening to this loves her costumes. So tell me a little bit more of how you became an MFA ambassador.
1: Okay, so it's a bit of a long story again. (laughs) So I went to Twomee in 2020 and saw her costume stall there and just fell in love with every single costume that they had. So we bought a costume and I decided that I was going to wear it at Liverpool which obviously in 2020 got pushed back to 2023. So I saved it for 2023 so that I could wear it at Liverpool like I wanted to. So I wore it for the World Selections in February last year and posted a picture of my results and what I was gonna compete at at Worlds in the costume. And they commented on their social media page and sent me a message and it kind of just went from there. But it's such an incredible honor and an opportunity that I'm gonna be forever grateful for because their costumes are just incredible quality
0: awesome that you had that opportunity and I know that they're great people and uh I look forward to seeing more of maybe what your costumes look like in the future I know that that's like such an important thing for me it's so silly like I know what you wear so do not matter but <laughs> I love looking at costumes. I love being like, I love that costume or wow, like the creativity. So it's definitely uh it's a fun thing to do. So uh congratulations on that opportunity. Yeah. So you know, going back, we kind of talked about costumes. I know that I have I don't anymore um, but I had costumes that I would wear for like tubaton or solo and then I felt like because I did my tube, a really good tubaton one time, uh, I became superstitious so then I had to wear that costume for that event. Tell me um, do you have any superstitions when it comes to twirling whether that's like a lucky handshake or a lucky towel? I know I have a towel that I use that was like if I ever lost it I think I would I'd cry. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> do you have any superstitions like that when you compete?
1: Okay, it's funny that you mentioned um your towel because I have two superstitions and they're really silly. But I have this one sweat towel that it's great and I literally have become like emotionally attached to this sweat towel to the point where I have bought 7 of this <laughs> this sweat towel when it um first released cuz it's at the sports center that I train at. So I'm like terrified that they're never going to have it again just in case I lose it. But I also have to watch the person in the section before me like no matter what even if like they're my teammate and I know their routine inside out I just have to watch and like see where they stand on the floor and see how the judge reacts and how everything goes just it's just a superstitious thing but even at Europeans and at Liverpool as well I had the live stream up and I was like I need to see where they stand just in case there's something wrong with the floor
0: No, I get that. I feel like the floor and like that whole entire idea, you get nervous. And especially like in Liverpool, if uh, the listeners didn't know the setup, it was three tables and then you twirled and then it was three tables behind there and then you twirled. So like the odds of you hitting someone in your three baton were higher than normal. (laughs) So I know (laughs) that I did three baton and I was very much concerned that if my batons went awry, I don't know what I was gonna do because I was gonna probably take out a judge, um, and they would probably not like that. So um, I totally <laughs> having to watch their comp- your competitors and and do that whole thing. And I also, like I said, I, I understand the sweat towel thing. I feel like most twirlers at this point have like a towel that they use. That it's like if you don't use it, your routine's gonna go so bad. Even though that's probably like not true at all, but in your mind, you're like I don't have this <laughs> towel. It's not going to go good. So I feel like everybody can kind of relate to that. And I know that I can personally relate to that. So I also know that on top of being superstitious with the way I go out on the floor, I'm also superstitious about things that I bring to the competition. So I am a big fan. I'm not sure if you have these in England. I'm a big fan of Twizzlers, Pool and Peels. Um, Twizzlers are just like, I'm sure you have Twizzlers, but Twizzlers are just like a big thing here. And I like this specific <laughs> brand of Twizzler that I have to have. And they, like, sell it at, at, you know, the convenience stores, whatever. And I feel like if I don't have it, I'm going to, like, go out there and bomb. Even though that's totally not true. Like, I definitely think those Twizzlers are not doing anything <laughs> for me other than just being there um, in my site. So do you have, like, a favorite competition snack or something that you bring, like, a piece of candy or something that you have to have or a specific water bottle that you have to have when you go and compete?
1: I always have to have um, a protein bar at competitions. Like for Liverpool, I brought the big multi-pack that they like actually sell in stores that has like the little pop-up advert thing on top because I was like, I need to be fully stocked for this competition. And I always have to have my hydro flask with me. It's my emotional attachment water bottle and I cannot compete without it.
0: (laughs) I I get that I have an emo, I have an emotional water bottle too. Actually, I have it with me right now as we're recording. So I I totally get that, and I know that definitely a lot of the twirlers can can relate. So uh, obviously, you know, you compete now you you talked about maybe what your future looks like in coaching and judging. Uh, are you currently coaching right now? Or are you currently teaching students? Uh, and if so, what does that what does that look like for you? I know that you're you're busy and you are in school as well. So what does that look like do you teach or are you still just competing solely?
1: So I'm mostly competing just for myself for the moment, but I am teaching at seminars and teaching a couple privates here and there. Um, which has been so much fun and such a great experience. So I'm really enjoying like the balance of coaching and competing at the same time, but obviously not like properly coaching at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I get it. I feel like I taught, but I couldn't, I didn't want to commit to teaching fully because then you then you become so enwrapped in in your life and you want to make sure that you're doing the best that you can for your competitive career so uh to your students listening <laughs> that I've taken from you before they're probably excited <laughs> um but <laughs> I know another question that I have in it kind of revolves around the the competition space and it goes back to being on a team so you talked about being on a team I know you you won the bronze medal in duet tell me about your team environment that you're on tell me me a little bit about just your team experience that you've had and and what that kind of looks like
1: so I told for Oasis which is just the most welcoming team ever it's such a great atmosphere to be a part of and we have five coaches as well which is great because if you need something sorted by someone there is always a coach to just help figure something out for you as well Um, And we actually have a TikTok and an Instagram, a little shout out, (laughs) which is so much fun. So we always like to have a little bit of fun filming TikToks at the end of training, which is great, just as like a little de-stress. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I feel like I, I get the TikTok thing. I have I like go on TikTok a little too often, and I take too many videos of me twirling. So uh I, I get it. <laughs> I think most twirlers listening to this probably are like, yeah, you're right. After a, after a couple hour practice, it's kind of fun to get on TikTok and and make funny videos. And uh, I know that I like to see like people's fail videos because it's just like I know what they're going through <laughs> when I see those. <laughs> I feel like I can relate. I'm like, yeah, that's happened to me before. Um, So I, I that's a lot of fun that you guys have that. And that's awesome that you have five coaches. I know that um, that just gives you the space to collaborate with so many great and awesome people. So to the Oasis team members listening to this, uh, you get a quick little shout out so obviously we kind of talked about what your future looks like competing so tell me a little bit more of your life outside of competitive baton twirling i know that it seems that sometimes you don't have a life outside of competitive baton twirling because i know i have that um so tell me what does your future look like once you're done twirling that's not related to twirling so what does your future career look like what are your career goals where do you want to go next
1: so at the moment i'm at university and i'm studying law um so I am hoping to become a solicitor, um, which would be great. So I'm looking at doing some internships during summer 2024, which would be just such a great experience. So law is hopefully the route I take, but if something comes up that I'd rather do, then I'm always up into that. So I'm kind of taking it one step at a time at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I definitely get it. So one thing that I really wonder and I think that the listeners hopefully can take away from this podcast is that twirling is not just a United States thing. It's really it's a global thing and everybody kind of experiences the same defeats or or wins and I think that it's universal across the world that you sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. It's it's like that everywhere. So tell me, what is one piece of advice that you could give to listeners that just goes to them for twirling and something that you kind of learned over your years twirling?
1: Um, one piece of advice that my coaches all taught me in the lead up to Liverpool, especially, was to set achievable goals. So I had the goal of. Once I got selected for Liverpool, my goal was that I was going to make top 10 and I wanted to make a final. And everybody was like, that's great, but you've got months from now until then. So you need to set goals to achieve so you don't go insane. So my goals were make top six at Europeans, make podium in some events at Europeans, have no drops in the competitions leading up to Liverpool. And then once I got to Liverpool to just... Be calm, trust my training, know that I could do everything back to front, inside out, which was what helped me be much less stressed than I thought I would be when I did make the final at Liverpool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I I feel like I get that setting goals is something that anyone should do. And I kind of mentioned this earlier, whether that's setting a goal to one day march in a parade or setting a goal to one day compete at the world level, those goals can end up helping you achieve so much more in between and making sure that you're creating a path so that you don't go insane. <laughs> um, I think that's that's the biggest thing. And, and I know <laughs> that, that people listening to this will, will definitely take that that to heart so one final question that we ask everybody on the podcast and now we know that they shipped to england uh what is your favorite piece of only twirlers merchandise that you currently like i know shaley just dropped some awesome new merch um so if you if you listeners haven't seen it you should go check it out so what's your favorite piece of merch
1: my all-time favorite piece of merch is the boom no drop so I just think it's so cool and i'm desperate to have one so now that i know they do ship to the uk i will be going online
0: <laughs> yeah definitely daily if you're listening to this and you wondered why i was texting you about it um that's definitely why i was texting you <laughs> um, so definitely definitely an awesome thing and i know that i feel like i learned so much about the twirling space in england just talking to you for you know the last 30 minutes or so and i really hope that twirlers who are listening to this can take away some new facts about twirling in england and that it really honestly is universal it doesn't really look as different as maybe somebody may seem um and it sounds like competitions are, are nearly the same you know we all do the same thing we're all going out there and doing the same type of solo salute salute with the same music the same tricks and everything like that so i hope that a twirler listening to this can aspire to one day have uh, great goals and, and do great things like Georgia has for the sport of twirling and especially for England. So I am so happy that you were able to be a guest today on the Only Twirlers Talking with celebrity podcast. I'm sure people are very much looking to listen to this podcast and learn some new things along with maybe your teammates who I'm sure very much look up to you. Uh, I'm probably excited to hear you on this podcast. So thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so
1: much for having me.
0: Well, everybody listening, this was the new season and this is the start of something new and the start of something that I know will continue to be great for only twirlers and the Talking With Twirl podcast. So thank you so much for tuning into season two, episode one with Georgia Langston. I know that if you haven't listened to our former season, go back and listen to all of those podcasts. They, you definitely can take away so much more from the sport of con twirling. Than just going out there and doing your solo. So, thank you so much for listening. I'm Marissa Pierce, and I will catch you soon on Talking with properties